I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be all right. I believe and I trust in Hashem. Yesterday was Chavbeis Shvat. So I would like to share a story that I heard. It's a short story, but it has a wonderful lesson in Avas Yisrael. A lesson that I heard from the person who it happened with, with Rebetzin Chayimushka. There is someone who lives in Crown Heights. His name is Noyach. And he used to live in Antwerp, in Belgium. And because his parents were close with the Rebetzin, because his father used to help in the house of the Rebbe, and he used to help the Rebetzin. So after the father got married and had Kindelach, the Rebetzin said, please come and visit. So the family would come and visit her whenever they came to New York. One time, it was a hot day, and the Rebetzin prepared ice cream for the kids. Because, you should know, the Rebetzin, whenever she knew someone is coming, she always tried to find out, what does this person like best? He likes chocolate cake? He likes pineapple? He likes orange juice? She would always make sure to put on the table what she found out about this person. I guess she figured she knows these kids young kids, and it's a hot day, they surely like ice cream. So she put on the table a big tub of ice cream with a scoop, and everyone got a plate next to their seat. They sat down by the table, Noyach included, and the Robertson noticed that Noyach is not taking any ice cream. Noyach told me, yeah, I didn't take any. Maybe he was shy or whatever. So the Rebetzin noticed that. And she said, Noyach, can you please give me your plate? And I'll serve you some ice cream. And Noyach said, no thanks. When I want, I'll take. If I want, I could take myself. And the Rebetzin said, it's still better that I should give you. Because if you take by yourself, you probably will not take enough. But if I give you, I'll give you a lot. This is what he told me. What lesson do we learn from this in Avasi And when you're doing someone a favor, don't do just a little bit. 
Do a lot. Do the best you can of it. When someone asks you for help, don't just help and run away. Say, is there anything more I can do for you? Always think about how the other person feels and to see if you can help the person. Now, Noach did not ask the Rebetzin to serve. The Rebetzin noticed that he wants ice cream, but he's not asking. We should try to keep our eyes open to notice if someone needs somebody, something. If you're sitting by the table and someone needs a napkin is looking around for a napkin, you could get up and give the napkin. Try to notice. That's so important about Abbas Israel. Not to only think of what I need, try to notice what other people need. Now comes the story. The story happened with the Rebbe Rashab, who's the grandfather of Rebbe Tzanchayim Mushka. The Rebbe Rashab had a chassid by the name Yeshua Binyamin, who lived somewhere in Russia. He was very, very poor. He couldn't get himself a steady job. He used to do little jobs here and there and get paid. But that was enough for him. He was happy. He brought home some food for the kids. He was able to pay the teacher who came to his town to teach. They didn't have a yeshiva. They had like a little cheder, a few families. He was able to pay the pirate's rent for staying in his house. This is what he did all the time, but he was very poor. Now, if you looked at Yeshua Binyamin's face, you would never, ever notice that he looks poor. You know why? He's always with a smile, always besimcha, and he's always talking about Hashem takes care of everyone. Hashem provides everyone and gives everyone what they need. Whatever Hashem does is good. He looked like he's a rich man. And the truth is, says in Perkei Who is the real rich man? If you're happy with what you have. Not looking to only get more and then I'll be happy. Because then we're never happy. One day, it was a Thursday afternoon. There was a big fire in the city. Now, even though Yeshua Binyamin did not have a lot of furniture, but what he did have, the little furniture that he had got ruined. And clothing. Many other people in the city also suffered a lot. Some people lost everything. But many people were able to manage to run into the house and take out some Stuff like the svarim, the tefillin, some, some important stuff, some clothing. Now, this was Thursday afternoon. The next day, he was walking home, it was Friday, walking home about an hour before Shabbos, and thinking to, myself, to himself, I don't have that much for Shabbos, 
I'm not worried. Even though the stores were telling him that next week, if you don't bring money, we can't give you any more food. Yes, we wrote down for the past few weeks what you owe us. And you're going to have to pay us back. But next week, if you come with no money, we will not be able to give you food. We would love to. But we don't get the food for free. We have to pay for it. The teacher said that if you don't pay up how much you owe the teacher for all these weeks you didn't pay, your kids will not be able to come anymore. And the pirates said, no pay, no stay. Go out of my house. And he had to promise him that he's going to pay. He said, lean Adder with Hashem's help. Did he get upset or sad? No. He has betachen in Hashem. About a short distance from his house, he's walking on the road and he suddenly noticed a big fat wallet on the side of the road. He picked up the wallet and opened it up and his eyes lit up. A bunch of ruble bills. He counted it it was 300 ruble. In those days, it was a lot of money. It's like $10,000. And under it, in the same wallet, were certificates, very important documents that show ownership of many properties and, and houses in the whole area. Wow, what a find! And suddenly he thought to himself, imagine if I kept the 300 ruble. I could pay up, the, pay up whatever I owe the stores. I can pay the teacher. I'll pay the pirates. And I'll still have a lot of money left. I could buy furniture and clothing. And I'll still have a lot of leftover. But then the Yitzhak says, Huh? Yeshua Binyamin, you must be kidding you don't fall for those tricks of the Yitzhahara. You know the money is not yours. You know that you can't be smarter than Hashem. If Hashem wants you to have the money, He'll give it to you. And if He's not giving it to you, don't try to steal. Because that kind of money Hashem is not going to let you keep. You can't do that. You should be yamin. You must do the mitzvah of Hashavah's Havedah. And a big fight, an argument between Yitzhah and Yitzhahara was continuing till he came to his doorstep. And was, he couldn't make the decision yet. He knows that this is a test from Hashem. Hashem is testing him to see who is he going to listen to. But now he's in the walks into the house. He takes the big fat wallet and he hides it in a hiding place, and he decided, till after Shabbos, I'm keeping it in a safe place, after Shabbos I'll decide what to do. Shabbos comes in, he gives a big smile, good Shabbos, Kindalach, we're so lucky, we have a day of rest, 
a day that we're going to sing and have a sauda, whatever is in that sauda, not too much. Come on, Kendallah, let's go to Shul. He comes to Shul with a big smile. And in Shul, he meets his friends. Oh, Yossi, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Maishi, good Shabbos. Oh, Pinchas Leib. Good Shabbos. Pinchas Leib, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Yeah, that's what I said. Good Shabbos. Maybe a good Shabbos for you, not for me. What do you mean, Pinchas Leib? Why do you look so sad? Did something happen? Yeah. Something really terrible. And he's holding back his tears. He says, what happened? Can you tell me? No use telling you because you cannot help me. What, what happened? You know? You know what Shlema Melech says? That whenever a person has something that bothers him, don't keep it a secret. Talk about it. Tell someone. You can either talk to your parents to your friends. But don't hold it in yourself. Because you're supposed to, when you're talking out, you're going to feel much better. And maybe I can help you. Maybe you think I can't. Maybe I could. All right, come on the side and I'll tell you. Takes him in this corner of the shul and he bursts out crying. And he says, yesterday during the fire... I ran into my house, I grabbed my big fat wallet that has my whole, everything I own. Everything, everything that I own is in that big fat wallet. All my houses, all my properties. Money, not that much was there, but this is everything, my whole property was there. And today, I lost it. I lost it. You know what that means? I lost everything I own. I'm like the poorest man. Now you understand? Pinchaslaib, I have some very, very good news for you. What? I found it. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to believe you. You probably want to make me smile like you are always smiling, right? I want to make you smile because you're always supposed to smile. But it's the truth. I found it. I found your wallet. Where, did it have 300 rubles right on the top? Yeah. Did it have a bunch of documents of ownership over houses and properties? Yeah. You really found it? Yes, I did. <clears throat> and I put it into a safe place. And I'll give it to you. I can't give it to you now. It's Shabbos. But come to me right after Abdallah. I'll give it to you. Pechus jumped with Simcha. And he hugged and he kissed Yeshua Binyamin. You saved my life. Thank you so, so much. And now, not only Yeshua Binyamin has a big smile, but also Pechus Leib. Wait, sorry, Shabbos. After Abdullah, Pechaslaib came to his house and he sees the wallet, he opens it up. It's mamish, everything was there just as he lost it. Wow, I'm so, so happy 
Thank you so, so much. You, you don't know what you did for me. You don't realize. And here, take the 300 rubles, Yeshua Binyamin. You know I'm a rich man. 300 doesn't mean much to me. But for you, I'm sure it means a lot. Here, take 300 rubles. All right? Take, take it. Take Shubinyamin, take it. Sorry, I'm not taking it. Why not? I'm not taking a penny from you. <clears throat> Why not? I want to give it to you. For you, it will save you. Sorry. If Hashem gave me an opportunity to do a mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, I'm not selling it for any money. That's it. He tried to convince Yeshua ben Yomit to take something. No, they don't want to take anything. I do a mitzvah, I do it only for Hashem. Not for any other reason, not for money, not for rewards. I did it just to do a mitzvah of Hashem. Then let me thank you from the bottom of my heart. And let me give you a bracha that Hashem should give you everything you need. And he took the money, the, the wallet, and he left. The next few weeks were very difficult for Yeshua Binyamin, although you would not see it on his face. He always walked around in a good mood, always besimcha. You know, it says in Zohar that Hashem has a special gate in Shemayim for brachas. Special gate. You know when it opens? When they see in Shemayim that you're smiling. It says so in Zayar. When a Yid is smiling, <coughs> he has a happy looking face, they open up that gate, and all the brachas come down to you. Shua Binyamin walked around with a smile the whole time. And he decided to go to the Rebbe. To ask the Rebbe Rashab for advice. When he came to the Rebbe Rashab, he said to the Rebbe, this is the situation. The stores don't want to give me any more food for my family. The pirates wants to throw me out of the house because I'm not paying. The teacher said that he's going to send the kids back home because I'm not paying. Rebbe, I need some advice what to do. Rebbe thought for a while, and then he said, Shur Binyamin, can you please tell me a little bit more of the news of what's going on in your city? I want to hear more of what's going on. Shur Binyamin was a little surprised. Why does the Rebbe want to know the news of what's going on? But the Rebbe asked, you have to answer. So he told the Rebbe, this happened, that happened, this. And he mentioned also about the fire and that Friday afternoon he found the big wallet and he gave it back to Pinchas and he didn't want to accept the, the 300 rubles. Rebbe Rashab said to him, I want you to know, Hashav HaSaveda is a great, great mitzvah. But I want you to know that you did something even greater than that mitzvah. You know what? That you did not want to accept any payment for it. You did it totally for Hashem. Because of that, 
Hashem is going to give you back ten times as much. That means instead of he wanted to give him three hundred, how much is he going to get? Three thousand. Wow. So the Rebbe Rashab said to him ten times as much. That's a bracha from a Rebbe. And then the Rebbe Rashab opened up his drawer, took out a coin, and gave it to him, and said, Yeshua Binyamin, take this for bracha and atzlacha. Right before he was ready to leave, right at the end of the Yechidus, the Rebbe Rashab added another thing. He said to him something which was extremely mysterious. Something so mysterious that we have to wait a whole week until we're going to hear what the Rebbe Rashab said to him. Have good talk. I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight so I'll be alright. I believe and I trust First of all, Agud Chaydesh, and it's a very special Chaydesh, Chaydesh Adar, Marbim Besimcha. What does it mean? That when Adar comes, we have to be extra Besimcha every day. Every day of the year, if there's Hashem Besimcha. We're supposed to serve Hashem Besimcha every day. Then what does Mar bin Besimcha mean? To add. You should have more Simcha. So today, we have to make more Simcha than yesterday. When it comes the second day in this month, we don't just continue the Simcha, we have to add. That's called Marbin. Every single day, Chachamim tell us to add. For example, let's say today I have one measure of Simcha, Tomorrow I'm going to have two. The next day I have to double that. I'm not going to have just two. I'm going to have four. Then I have to double that. It becomes eight. And then 16. And so on and so forth. So if I'm going to go through 60 days of Simcha, how many measures of Simcha am I going to have after 60 days? Not just 60 measures. Because I'm doubling it each day time. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you a riddle. I've probably said it to you once before, but I'm going to say it again. The riddle goes like this. Let's say I offered to give you today, on Rish Chaydesh, a million dollars, and you have to give me in return a penny today, tomorrow double it, two pennies, the next day, double that. How much is doubling that the next day? Four. The next day, how many? Eight. And we keep on going for 60 days. 
started with the penny. At the end of 60 days, you're going to end up with a million dollars that I gave you. And how much money will I end up with? You'll be surprised. I wrote it down because it's such a big number. The number is, uh, here it is. Five quadrillion and six, seven hundred and sixty-four trillion, six hundred and seven billion, five hundred and twenty-three million, thirty-four thousand, two hundred and thirty-four dollars and eighty-eight cents. Do you know how much a billion is? It's a it's a thousand times a million. And a thousand times a billion is a trillion. A thousand times a trillion is <clears throat> is quadrillion. So can you imagine how much money that is? It all started from one single penny. Try it on your calculator, you'll see. <clears throat> that just to give us an idea of the special kayach that Hashem is giving us. 60 days of simcha. And the Rebbe said, <clears throat> there is a halacha, which is called Bitul B'Shishim. When you have the number 60, and if you have something, let's say I have a pot of chicken soup, and it has 60 cups of chicken soup, and I poured by mistake a cup of milk in it. One cup of milk. So there is 60 times more chicken soup than milk. So Chachamim say, the taste of milk is not there, and it's kosher. If it's one cup of milk to 59, or to 49, or to less, then you can't have it. <clears throat> that's called bitul b'shishim. Something that's not wanted becomes gone, nullified, by 60 times as much. So the Rebbe said, if we make 60 days of simcha, We'll get rid of all the not good things. Number one is to get rid of the gullus. And we don't have to wait to the end of Adar. We're going to have it right away, Mashiach now. The Rebbe Maharash, when he was a little boy, he was what's called a shtifer. <clears throat> like a little smart aleck. He used to make tricks and jokes. <clears throat> so one time, his Rebbe noticed that when he comes into class, he opens the door and the little boy starts giggling and laughing. Next time Rebbe comes in, he's giggling and laughing. The Rebbe said, what's going on? But he didn't change. So he went to his father, the Tzemach Tzedek, and told the Tzemach Tzedek what's going on. Tzemach Tzedek came to the class and walked in and suddenly the little boy Shmuel got very, very serious. Even looked like he was sad. His father says, what's going on? He says, we learned in Maseches Tainus that there are two months that the Chachamim tell us what to do. Meshenichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha Right? But in Yiddish, you don't call it Adar, you say Adar. 
Adar in Yiddish means this one. So he points to his Rebbe. Mishinichnas Adar. When this one comes in, Marvin Basimcha, you have to laugh and giggle. But Mishinichnas Av, the month of Av, Av also means when Tati comes in, you have to get serious. Mematin Basimcha. And guess what the class did? They surely giggled and laughed. Probably it's a Machtedic and the teacher too. I heard this story from Rabbi Matl Chaim, Allah Hashem. I heard it from other people too. <clears throat> so last week we had a raffle. We had Berkshem two winners, Shalom Doiv Ber Seper from Kitahei. And we had another winner in Kita Gimel, Menachem Endel Blasenstein. And we're going to have another raffle coming up in Yerit Hashem for tzitzis. Make sure that you're wearing kasher tzitzis. Everyone wants to wear kasher tzitzis, but sometimes <clears throat> something rips or gets tangled. And some, sometimes it's still kosher, sometimes it becomes puzzle. If it's possible, you can't make a brach on it, and you shouldn't even be wearing it. But we're going to talk about that in Yitzhak another time. Now I want to finish the second half of the story that I began last week. About Yeshua Binyamin, very poor man, he came to the Rebbe Rashab, and he said, the stores don't want to give him any more food because he didn't pay for a long time. The teacher doesn't want to teach the Kindalach Taira because he didn't pay them for a long time. <coughs> and also the pirate wants to send him out of the house with his family, because he didn't pay rent for a long time. And then the Rebbe Rashab asked him for more details, what's going on in the city, and he told him about the fire, and that he found the wallet of Pinchas Leib, and Pinchas Leib wanted to give him 300 ruble, and he says, I'm doing the mitzvah only for Hashem. And the Rebbe Rashab said that the fact that you're not taking money for it is even greater than the mitzvah Hashavah Saveda itself. And therefore, the Rebbe Rashab said, you're going to get from Hashem ten times as much. Then the Rebbe Rashab gave him a coin, said, Bracha Batzlacha. That's where we got up in this story. And I told you, that the Rebbe Rashab said to him then something very mysterious. He said to him, if someone asks you to become a chazan, you should accept it. Have a safe trip, and let's hope to hear good news. And he left the Rebbe's room. And he's trying to figure out, chazan? I never was a chazan in my life. I never... No one ever asked me, and I was never a chazan, but the Rebbe said so. He came home and told the Kindalacht and his wife the good news that the Rebbe gave them a bracha, and you could be sure that we're soon going to get this bra- the bracha from the Rebbe is going to be fulfilled. A few days later, a horse and wagon pulled up in front of his house. And out comes from the wagon two people. 
they were the leaders of a Yiddish community from a big city, which was about 30 miles away. And they came to Yeshua Binyamin, and they said, we need you to be our chazan. Huh? Chazan? He never was a chazan. We heard that you have a nice voice. I, I know that, Baruch Hashem, but... I, oh, one minute. But the Rebbe told me to accept it. Yes, I'm accepting it. I'll be there. When do you want me to come? Well, we need you for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because our regular chazan is not coming. He said he can't make it this year. Okay, thank you. I'm doing what the Rebbe told me to do. One minute. We didn't make up a price. We want to pay you nicely. We're going to give you 100 ruble. And right now we'll give you 10 of the 100 as a deposit. So you can have some money for your family. And they left. With the 10 ruble, it was a lot he was able to do with it. <clears throat> Especially in those days, the ruble was worth a lot. When it came Rosh Hashanah, he said good yantif and goodbye to the family, and he traveled there. He was their chazin, even though he was quite nervous, because the first time being a chazin Rosh Hashanah, but he did such an excellent job that the people thanked him so much, and they said, we're going to add another 10 to the price that we made up. Another 10 extra ruble as a tip. He came back for Yom Kippur also. David for them and they were so happy. After the fast was over, the head of the community invited him to come to his house to break the fast. After breaking the fast, they gave him an envelope with all the money there. He put it into his pocket. He was about to leave. And the head of the community said, I really apologize. I tried very hard to get you a wagon driver to take you home. But all the wagon drivers are taken because tomorrow is going to be a market day here in the city. And all the wagon drivers are taken by all the business people and the, and the merchants who are bringing their merchandise here for the market day. But I'll give you money, a nice amount, to be able to get a wagon driver yourself. And he gave him money, and he left peacefully. And he met a few wagon drivers, but nobody was able to help him. But one of them said, you know what? Over there, you see that house? There lives an old, an old man, was a guy. He used to be a wagon driver. So maybe he'll be able to take you. Shur Binyamin went to that house. And as he came in front of the house, a big, gigantic dog started to bark. Wow. Really a ferocious dog. It looked, his mouth was open. You see the teeth. But Shur Binyamin did not get scared. Can anybody guess why? 
Right. He knew Hashem is with him. Hashem is holding my hand. Hashem is holding me tight. So I'm going to be all right. And he walked past the dog. When we show Hashem that we're only afraid of him, no dogs can do anything like Daniel by the lions, the lions then. They didn't touch him because he was afraid only of Hashem. As he walked into the house, the dog just walked away. It was quiet. When he came in, he sees a house with many rooms. But it was quiet and empty. Nobody there. So he walked around the house a little bit. But then he heard sounds coming from one room. That was the bedroom. He comes inside. Who was there? The old guy. He's laying in his bed. His eyes are closed. He looks like he's probably 100 years old. The guy thought that this was his servant who walked into the bedroom. He had a servant by the name Vladik. So when Yeshua Binyamin came into the room, he heard the guy saying softly, Vladik, Vladik, come close to me. So he walked over to him. And he says, Vladik, did you call the Galach to come to me? Shua Binyama figured probably he, want, he sent the servant to call the Galach because he feels like, the guy feels like he's going to pass away and he wants to say goodbye to the Galach. So he says, yes, he should be here like in an hour. Vladik, don't go away. I want to tell you something. You know, I'm all alone. I have no family, no wife, no kids, no relatives at all. You are like my son. I love you like my son. So right now, I want to give everything away to you. Not only my house, I have also a treasure. You see, Vladik, all my years I worked very, very hard. But the money that I got, I didn't save up. I spent it on vodka, on mashke. But I do have one, one time I made a lot of money. And I'll tell you how. I was once driving a Jew, from a rich man, from one city to the next. And when he fell asleep, I stole from him his money bag. And it was a big bag. So I brought it home, and I buried it in the backyard, and I put a rock over it, a big, big rock. And I never used it. This goes back many, many, many years ago. So you could take that money bag from me. Shobinyamin heard this. He left the room, and he went straight to the backyard, and he thought, Yiddish geld? Jewish money, if I get it, I'll be able to do once again the mitzvah of what? Return it to the Yid who was stolen from. Came into the backyard, he sees this huge rock, no other rock, 
and barely was able to push it away. And he dug with his fingers a little bit and he fills a bag. He pulled it out, was quite heavy, put it straight into his suitcase and quickly left. He wants to go as fast as he can before Vladik, the real Vladik, comes home. He doesn't want him to chase after him. And he went straight to the center of this town and he found someone that was going to take him home. He had to show him a lot of money to want to do it, but someone was going to take him home. They brought him home, and when he came into the house, he found his wife and children were worried about him. And he told them exactly what happened. He also told them that he has an opportunity to do the mitzvah of Shavas Aveda. And he pulls out of his suitcase this big, gigantic money bag, puts it on the table, and says, let's take a look. They look at the bag, no simon, no sign, no name, no initials. And this is just a regular money bag that everybody uses. Hmm. They emptied it out, thinking maybe there's a little note. Nothing there. <coughs> when there's no simon and nothing, then you keep it. They're all so happy. He says, hold it. We've got to do a, the mitzvah of giving tzedakah. We have to take off meiser. Before we give meiser, we have to count it up to know how much to give. They counted it all up, and guess how much it added up to? 3,000 rubles, exactly. He says, Kindalach. That's what the Rebbe told me. <coughs> because I didn't accept the 300 rubles from Pinchas Leib as a reward for the mitzvah, he said, Hashem is going to give me 10 times as much. Whenever we do something for Hashem, Hashem always pays us back. Guten Tag. Good Chaitish.